welcome everyone to another episode of Priestess Mercury Eclipse Season version or Eclipse Season episode. Welcome to the big feelings. <laughs> Lighting some Palo Santo to begin to ground and center us. Feel free to close your eyes if you're able to. And I call upon the north, the east, the south, the west, earth, air, fire, and water, and all of our angels, ancestors, and allies. And I call upon Priestess Mercury to channel through Matt and I in service to all of you today for the episode. May we find the ground in gravity, in Mother Earth, the center in oneness, in love, with playful heart, a curious mind, and, a, and an adventurous spirit. So mote it be. So mote it be. So uh, today we'll start off talking about this eclipse that everybody's been uh, kind of fretting over or looking at uh, that'll be happening on the 26th, uh, which is uh, Wednesday at uh, about you know 4.30 in the morning uh, here, out here on the West Coast. Uh, so you can adjust for your own time zone, but uh, it'll be just before sunrise. Uh, out here, and uh, so it'll be uh, it'll be right in the thick of it when this podcast goes live. So, be a great place to kind of start, and you know we'll be following up on that discussion that we had back in the fall uh, when we had uh, the solar eclipse in Sagittarius, uh, because this is kind of coming full circle from that. Yeah, we we thought we'd start today with. Um, just uh, sharing our check-ins because the energies are quite crazy. So Matt, how are you feeling in this eclipse energy? I've been, you know, I've been more tired uh, the past few days. Like I get exhausted a lot easier. I've also been a lot more hungry, uh, feeling the need for more energy overall. Uh but uh, on the whole, pretty even keel. Uh, but, you know, this is, you know, we're wrapping up this, uh, these eclipses in Sagittarius. So, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of riding a wave of energy we've been on for a while. So, yeah, so I am feeling disoriented. Mm-hmm confused, um, forgetful. I feel a big swell of energy, which feels a lot like PMS, but for energy. Uh, it, it kind of like when I say that out loud feels to me like earth or wherever we are, this mm -hmm. realm is like about to menstruate, <laughs> is about to release. So I feel that swell and uh, it's hard to find words. 
up until this morning, I have felt like this funnel of energy, like the timelines are all like Dorothy's tornado, like the tornadoes here and everything swept up in it, all the timelines, all the potentialities, the collective, where we land is going to be up to the critical mass, whichever Mm -hmm. timeline we land in, and that this eclipse to me feels like an opportunity to really choose the timeline that's best for everyone, for the collective, which I call the pearl, which is Mm -hmm. the one where we really kick out the bullies and create an age of light and peace and harmony slowly, incrementally. Um, And so this this eclipse feels like this opportunity to land in a timeline that's gonna bring more of that inner truth, which is Sagittarius, eclipse, full moon Sagittarius, more of that inner truth um because Sagittarius is inner truth so I I am feeling I guess the way one might feel before a competition if you're about to be in a competition and you really want to (laughs) win I feel nervous and expectant and I want us to win I want love to win so I I think I feel pretty attached yeah Um, and it feels like the disorientation is just because everything's shifting, the energies are shifting. And it's like really this opportunity collectively and in our personal lives to choose the reality that most reflects our inner truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's really the vital thing with Sagittarius is tapping into your own uh, your own wisdom uh, your own truth the true self uh, and you know relying on that and letting go of all the uh, expectations that other people try to um, uh, get you to take on for them uh, and so it's important to know where you are in all of it Um, yeah to find your truth and in the light of sad your truth right in avoiding acknowledging but not going into the shadow of sad which would be that righteous i'm right you're wrong Mm -hmm. energy yeah but more this is my inner truth what's your inner truth right and it's especially important because uh the so this uh, lunar eclipse is uh, squaring uh, Jupiter in Pisces. So uh, Jupiter rules Sagittarius as well. So there's kind of a, a, a pressure being put on uh, standing in your own truth in a sense, because the ruler of that house is uh, getting a lot of uh getting a a big challenge to uh to stand on its own yeah the square is a challenge a crisis or call to action that feels crisisy and jupiter's old ruler is uh pisces i mean right 
Yeah, Jupiter is the, you know, in the classical astrology is the ruler of Pisces. Yeah. I keep, and Sagittarius. I'm like, is Pisces the ruler of Jupiter or Jupiter <laughs> the Literally losing my distinctive understanding. That's how these past few days. So Jupiter uh, is, or Pisces is the old ruler. Who rules who, Matt? I'm getting dyslexic. Save me from embarrassment. Jupiter rules Pisces and Sagittarius. So uh, the planet oh, rules the sign. The you. sign is like a, a home for the planet or, uh, you know, some, some, thing, some uh, area that they have a domain in or an affinity over or, you know, they have some kind of dignity or respect in. Yeah, so luckily my, um, or hopefully my dyslexia will help um, beginner listeners that the planet rules the sign, not the sign ruling the planet. So, um, Jupiter is the old, I, I am in La La Land because I say that I go, so Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces. And I'm like, that's backwards, but it's not. I think I am flipped inside out currently. <laughs> well, that's all those timelines conflating. So, yeah. 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 So maybe this is a good time. So just real quick. Yeah. That square to Jupiter, Jupiter and Pisces. The square is that call to action that can feel quite crisis-y. We'll also be talking, not right in this moment, about more Pisces, Neptune energy. Neptune's the new ruler of Pisces. And to really just bring that Pisces energy uh, Neptune energy to a distinct point. It's, you know, all is one. Mm -hmm. We are all one. And so that's the constant challenge right now to get out of, you're not a part of me. This isn't a part of me. I'm only these good things and all the bad things are outside of me to a place of all one. We are all one. There's good and bad in me. It's reflected outside of me as above, so below, as within, so without, all one. And that in that all one, having that unconditional love and acceptance, radical love, radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that zoomed out perspective in which we recognize our part of the whole. Like we, we aren't separate from even though our experience seems as though we're we're separate from everything we're, we're really not we're only seeing like one slice of the uh, reality pie uh, one layer of it yeah from the ego which we want to honor too that from the ego or the conscious personality that forms in the brain through our developmental upbringing that's the ego and we need to honor that part that part sees us as individuals separate from each other. Mm -hmm. And then it's both and. And when you go deeper and underneath the outer layer, we are all connected. And we are, in fact, we're all one, that we are all fragments of the whole, that we are all holographs of the whole. We're all the microcosm contains the macrocosm, turtles all the way up, turtles all the way down. That's, this is the teaching of Pisces. Mm -hmm. So that's the big challenge in many different ways right now. Uh, and that the Pisces and the Sagittarius energy, right? They square because they're both truth oriented. Sag is more about the mind and beliefs and that inner truth. 
And Pisces is more about the heart or the soul, the spirit and that inner truth. So mm -hmm. those two being really big right now inside of us wanting to have that chafy conversation, that difficult conversation where the Sag part of us wants to be like, my belief is right, their belief is wrong, and we need to argue or war or fight about this. And Pisces says, all beliefs have their place. It's not about right or wrong. Mm -hmm. See that they are part of you and you are a part of them and that we're all connected. Yeah, Pisces calls us to uh, think about where everything is going, that we're a part of that. And it, there's a need to adjust to it, to uh, not always push against all the time. Uh, sometimes that's necessary to uh, establish a sense of self. Uh, you know, the ego is uh, has a function and, and a role that is helpful. But uh, Pisces does remind us that, you know, we're not all of everything, uh, but we are connected to everything. Yeah, and that, you know, it's the, again, the both and, that we are supposed to be individuals we have individual true selves. We're supposed to be snowflake fingerprint unique expressions. We're supposed to be. That's the point of being here. Because if we were supposed to just be all one globular mass, we'd just be back, back in the nebula. Like we are supposed to have distinct differentiated experiences. So the big thing that Sag and its shadow always wants to do, which we see so rampant, epi epidemic, epic, vocabulary is evading me anyway point being that is that everyone's always either oaring like the ego or the soul you know or bad gooding you know and of course there's a place for bad gooding um and a place for either oaring but what that not not in this energy right now when neptune comes in and pisces comes in it's about it making your container large enough, your psyche, your heart, your being large enough to contain both. Mm -hmm. You know, I can say I am distinctly a very spiritual, mystical individual, and I'm, I am completely connected to the atheist scientist, scientist that doesn't at all feel that truth in them. And I can say, you exist as much as I exist. Uh, you are a part of me. I am a part of you. Right. Yeah. And, and in a sense that your experience, you know, when you're talking to uh, the other is like, your experience is valid too. Uh, we can have, we're here, we have conflict. There's conflicting ways of looking at things, but, uh, you know, ultimately, all these truths have some validity to them. Yes, exactly. And the validity is the validity. So mm -hmm. I feel like this is a good time to just kind of pull three cards for this eclipse. So the eclipses are portals, they're activation points. Dorothy's tornado, they, every, there's big change. Last year, the Gemini solar eclipse um, was activated by George Floyd. And we see how that brought a big awakening. 
So I, I felt like it would be good to pull and not to fortune tell per se, but just to get the archetypal energy of what this, for the collective, what this Sagittarius full moon lunar eclipse is initiating, activating. So I'm going to pull three cards right now. Okay, so card number one is the four of swords. Card number two is the three of wands. Card number four is the nine of wands. No major arcana. So for those watching, here's what. Yeah, the you hold like. those up. I mean, and for those who are listening, um, you know, the four of swords has a, a woman kind of resting like in a womb in a nest. Um, the uh, is that the two of wands there in the middle? Three of wands. Three of wands. Okay. Uh, has a woman with uh, standing between uh, two torches uh, and with a surfboard kind of looking out at the, the waves. Uh, and then the uh, is that the nine? Nine of wands. Nine of wands has uh, uh, has a woman. Uh, standing guard uh, in front of uh, with one wand in front of eight other wands. Yeah, so essentially we have two wands and a sword. So that would refer to the mind and the will. Mm -hmm. Sagittarius is very will, very mind will, actually. Yeah, and Gemini oh. is very sword, and that's where the sun is. That's yeah, uh, the sun's in Gemini. And four of swords, which completely speaks to the energy is about sacred solitude. It's only in sacred solitude, not distractive solitude, mm -hmm. that we connect to our inner truth. When you spend sacred time alone in reflection, you can begin to get a sense and begin to reflect and feel what your inner truth is. You know, and then, and then the three of wands in this deck she's looking out like the three of wands is very much like look how far you've come you've done a great mm -hmm. job so far and now look ahead and feel good about where you're going that's essentially the message of the three of wands like humans you're doing a good job mm -hmm. you're waking up I, there's a lot of injustices and and hurtful things to react to and you're also waking up you're doing a good job yeah i the kind of catchphrase I often use with the three of wands is your ship's coming in. Uh, and in the uh, Rider Waite Smith deck, uh, it has a uh, character looking out at the ships that are coming in. It's like you've arranged all of this and it's coming. It's coming yeah. to you. And, and from like a healing death perspective, that ship coming in energy would be like the, the um, healing energy of it's really important to stay positive right now and mm -hmm. know that you've done, a, you've put in a lot of effort and your efforts are not lost on you. And right. to keep that positive, it's very much about an attitude and having a positive attitude, not of course, not um, positivity police or any of that crap, but just like having, right. knowing how far you've come. And then the nine of wands, kind of takes it to that level because nine of wands is very much about protecting your energy mm -hmm. protecting your attitude protecting your inner truth so there's that sense of 
whatever this eclipse is going to look like might there might be a lot of conflict there might be a lot of some hurtful some hurt but essentially the energy because it's lunar so it might it might be speaking more right. to psyches than when, when we get to the solar gemini coming up june 10th i think that might uh, present more externally as an event but this feels almost like it's getting us centered mm-hmm. in our psyches yeah because sometimes like resting in that uh um surety that uh, what you've put out there is coming back to you in a good way uh sometimes does require standing up and uh putting up a defense and saying no i'm not going to be swayed by the doubts and the negative and and in here it's like it's not we're not talking like the positivity police where we don't want to hear anything uncomfortable but what we're saying is that uh there is that negative narrative that often happens where we dissuade ourselves from what uh you know from our true self uh we tell ourselves that we're bad at something we're not good we're not creative we're not you know self-doubt yeah um, insecurities not feeling um i know for myself i feel often like i'm the only one in the kind of realm that i'm in so it can feel like oh is it true if there's no one else around me validating this you know so all these kind of things and that that defending yourself or protection can look like many things too it can be very quiet it can be wearing your protection bag your protection stones be i know for myself protection for me is always saging and morning invocation i need to do my yoga practice to protect my energy like the way that energy can leak in negative energies can leak in within me or from the outside has everything to do with how i care for myself and when i'm truly tending to myself like a garden with proper hydration food nutrition invocation practices then i don't have any hole like there's no leaks there's no like subconscious ways for things to get in and it's so easy to forget those things like it's so easy at the end of my work day with clients to not to forget to sage and say thank you to everyone and close the energy and if i don't do that how it can be so easy for me to just because i've taken in so much energy to just like not know what's mine or someone else's and it's like such a metaphor for um what lives in everyone in your own specific way like what's yours what's somebody else's, what is ancestral, mm-hmm. you know, like whose energy is this? Whose feeling right. is this? Yeah. Cause that four of swords is about, in some ways it's about setting self boundaries. Like where, you know, what am I going to not, you know, I'm going to set boundaries even for myself. Uh, you know, whether it's keeping my practices uh uh, where I'm going to get recharged or whether it's, you know, I need to, I know I need 15 minutes of solitude uh, or I yeah, need the meditation. Solitude, the solitude is really what it speaks of as the boundaries, very specifically in that four of swords mm-hmm. that if you don't give yourself and so many people don't, you just go from one relationship to the next all day, all night, tasking, tasking, caretaking, caretaking, busy, busy, and what a difference it makes if you can take five minutes, 10 minutes, right? In quiet, sacred reflection. 
And that's where, you know, something like meditation really helps uh, because the meditation helps you to shut off the ego for a little bit to allow a space where you can be comfortable with who you are uh, and not have all the judgments creep in and not, or not get attached to it. Yeah. Or they do creep. I mean, when you're meditating, it's like building a muscle of being able to witness all the insecurities and doubts and thoughts without living in them, which is the power of meditation. And let's be honest, most people won't and don't meditate. And if you can't get there yet, just to like stare out the window, just to quietly reflect, you know, like find your edge and don't make your edge too far away that you can't achieve it. If you know that you suck at meditating, Mm -hmm. just try staring out the window for five minutes. I mean, start small, you know, these little tiny things that you can do for yourself, listening to the birds. I find that when I take this little three, four mile loop outside my place and just spend 17 minutes listening to the birds chirp and walking. It's a complete energy clearing. Right. And then I am able to find my truth again. So find where your edge is. It, of course, a meditation and a yoga practice or a Tai Chi or Qigong practice are, you know, super advanced level for any human. And if you can't get there, find the next best thing and know that it's all, all fruitful. It's all fruitful. Yeah. I know for myself, I found that like mantra meditation works really well because I can, I just have this reel that I'm spooling through. And uh, as the thoughts come in, it's like, I'm always coming back. I have the concrete thing to come back to, which really helps. Yeah. Yeah. You like that. The mantra meditation. Yeah. There's mantra meditation. There's walking meditation. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Kundalini yoga meditation or vinyasa yoga. There's Qigong, Tai Chi, you know, these, these advanced practices are specifically designed to connect your mind to your body in a very powerful way. The same way would be same way it is when you're like on an elliptical or lifting weights, you're like specifically targeting like physical strength. Well, this, this specifically targets the connection of mind back to body, which we all are in dire need of because that split has us all in ruins. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it is really important a lot of people have a misconception about these things too, that you're supposed to feel peaceful when you're doing it. And it's like, nope, you just need to do it. You just need to watch your racing thoughts for five minutes. And you just need to watch your, your thoughts go, I don't want to the whole time you're in your yoga practice. You know, it's more about having the discipline to be uncomfortable for a period of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, that's all it comes down to. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, when you have to clear that cache file in your computer, because it won't run the internet very quickly. Uh, that uh, it's the same thing that's happening in meditation, the thoughts are going to come in. Uh, that's normal. If you're doing that, by the way, uh, it, they'll, they'll come in. It's a practice of not attaching to them. Uh, and that takes practice. So. Well, and, and it, it might be like that your whole life. Another thing to demystify is it, it's building the muscle of having space between you and your thoughts. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Because when you can name it, when you can say, I feel very angry, there's a narrative going on that I'm the victim here or whatever it is. If you can name it, you have space. And if you have space, you have choice. And if you have choice, you're the creator and sovereign over your own self. Mm-hmm. If you can't name it, you're living inside of it, thinking that that's who you are and what it is, and you have no choice. And you are at the whim of the gods or at the whim of fate or at the whim of what's happening to you. So it is really, really, you know, for anyone who keeps saying they're going to do it and puts it off another day, maybe today will be the day that we inspire the start of um, your practice. Because these cards are definitely saying that this lunar eclipse is like everyone needs it. It's like, I just had an image of a boxing fight and it's like going back into your corner. Like we all need Mm -hmm. to go back into our corners right now and really feel the truth. Really feel what your inner truth is. And whether that's in a personal way of, and you can look in your chart and see where Sagittarius is, um, whether it's personal or career or like yourself or your healing, you know, to really take that time to care and tend and cultivate your inner truth, your precious inner truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also it fits right in with Mercury going retrograde in Gemini. It's been perfectly. Right. And that's happening right on the heels of this uh, eclipse. Uh, So on Saturday uh, here in the U.S., uh, Mercury is going to come to a stop and go backwards or at least appear to in the sky. And, you know, this happens like three or four times a year. Uh, part of the normal Mercury cycle. I know everyone makes it out to be like the apocalypse every time uh, Mercury's in retrograde, but uh, it happens pretty frequently. Uh, But this time it it is a little bit special because uh, Mercury is going to station and turn backwards at the same place that uh, kind of following the same path that Venus took in in uh, the retrograde cycle last uh, May and June, uh, when we had a collective like re-evaluation of our values. Like, what are we, you know, what are we going to value about, for instance, like how people are being policed in the country was a big theme that came up last year. And, uh, you know, Mercury is gonna be uh, going back through there and kind of taking notes. Uh, yeah, and just to um, put a stop and talk about Venus for a second, that we were talking last night, remember, about wanting to uh, remind everyone or inform everyone who doesn't know that a lot of talk about Venus is centered around more the Aphrodite aspects, like, you know, lust and attraction and beauty. But Venus at the core is more about your values. It's really how, what your values and your values come from love. They just Mm -hmm. do, values are love. So Venus is really about your values 
and last year when Venus retrograded in Gemini that's now reflecting this Mercury in Gemini, Gemini is the mind and communication. How are you communicating your values? What are your values? With the Mercury retrograde happening now, it's like, how am I communicating my values? And what, with the Venus retrograde that happened the same time last year, it was like, what are my values? Mm-hmm. And, ha- you know, so that's the, that's like the big theme. And that is connecting to that Mercury is conjuncting. It's conjunct Venus. Um, conjuncting Venus and squaring Neptune. Neptune. Mm-hmm. which Matt and I were hashing that out um, and talking about. So you can kind of, you can see Venus and Neptune as these two goddesses. Mm-hmm. Neptune is the higher goddess, the spiritual goddess. Venus is like the human goddess, the goddess in you, the goddess, the feminine goddess, whether you're female, male, non-binary, however you identify, the, the feminine goddess in the human is Venus, the spiritual celestial oneness of all is Neptune. And so there, we were using the metaphor that they're in a bar or a cafe having a conversation, Neptune, because it's a square. So square is a conversation, but it's a difficult conversation where Venus is wanting the truth, just like Neptune's wanting the truth. So this is happening inside of you. The Venus part of you is the part of you that want, that's like, this is my truth and I want you to pay for not recognizing it. Mm -hmm. Or however the lower vibration of the goddess lives in you. Some people it's like, you know, retribution or revenge. You know, some people it's like withholding, like help me out here. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, in terms of our values, and uh, probably the better way to uh, think about Venus there in the lower mind is uh, fairness. Or lower Uh, heart. Yeah, yeah. so Venus wants things to be fair, um, and they're not always fair. And so Venus will rightfully point that out uh, and call out the unfairness. Uh, the, the thing is, is that sometimes that goes a little too far and gets way out of whack and out of balance. So we can, uh, instead of wanting the, the unfairness of the situation corrected, sometimes we, yeah, we do, uh, feel like it would, it would appease us more if the, you know, the person or, uh, the group or whatever that did us wrong uh, were uh, punitively dealt with uh, so that there's a kind of punishment or uh, that there's an eye for an eye uh, kind of mentality. Uh, but that's not really, Neptune's always there to remind us that that's not r- really justice in the long game. Yeah. So again, like kind of going back to the ego and the soul where there's, you know, both and there is that ego or Venusian sense of um, eye for an eye, fairness and justice. And then Neptune comes in as this larger goddess of oneness that says that they are a part of you. 
And we were talking about this last night and I immediately thought of my uh, abusers and perpetrators and how I do feel like they are part of me and I am a part of them and I forgive them. Mm-hmm. And how did I say it last night? Do you remember that one line? No. It's all gone. Uh, it's all yeah. <laughs> we, It was a very passionate conversation because we were both really in it and feeling it about, and I was you know, as a, I was talking about it, my own life and you and your own life, like that Neptune, the Neptune, the goddess in me, the Neptune goddess is the part of me that says, I forgive you abuser. Mm -hmm. You are a part of me. I'm a part of you. We all are part of each other. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Venus part of me is like, you know, you should pay only. and, And it really started with the the first abuser in my life didn't go to jail never even admitted came clean to what he did mm-hmm. you know but i oh that's what i i remember <laughs> i remember here we go so that justice from a venusian point of view is like there will be justice when you pay abuser mm-hmm. and then for me i have found i ha, i feel i have found justice in my life for the original abuser and the abuses, the abusers since. And that justice has come to me because I love myself. Mm-hmm. That is the justice. And this is the Neptunian justice is that I'm free. I'm liberated. They don't have a hold. The original hymn does, has no hold over me anymore. I do not feel in, um, chained to him. I do not feel all of my insecurities, all of the brokenness, all of the pain, everything I went through because of him, I have healed. So, and that's the, that's the part that we really need acceptance is that even though they did it, we have to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when you can really make peace with that, then I have liberated myself. He never admitted to what he did. He never went mm-hmm. to jail for what he did. You know, so it, but I still feel like I have justice and I'm totally at peace. So the Neptune goddess in me, the Neptunian archetype in me has given me total liberation. Yeah. And that's the ultimate, like, sometimes if if you're really close to the situation, it's hard to get there without going through the Venusian uh, pleas for justice and fairness yeah again Uh, let's remind us we're not either oring here we're not like choose neptune over venus we're this is a square this is a conversation neptune says to venus and yeah as myself as an example for everyone in the collective i went through the state the anger stage of fuck you how could you do this to me i wish this upon you you know you go through these stages of empowerment you Mm -hmm. go through the the Venus stages bring empowerment where you need to call out unfairness, where you need to say, you are separate from me and you did this bad thing and it's not right. And it's not fair, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that gives you a certain healing that gives you a certain uh, it's empowerment, the healing of empowerment. And then once you have empowerment, that's when Neptune can come in more. 
Mm-hmm. And but you, it's like this whole awareness we have these last chunky years about bypassing mm-hmm. and how you cannot bypass, you cannot skip steps, that you can't go right to forgiveness if you don't have empowerment. Although some can't, I'm sure. It's like not the same for everyone. But more often than not, empowerment that third chakra, like having empowerment is really an important Venusian step. Like, Hey, you've stomped all over my values. Fuck you. (laughs) Right. Uh, I mean, there is an important thing. I mean, this is why it's a both and kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Because if if we didn't point out the injustices, we didn't, we kind of glossed over those things, then, uh, nothing would really ever change and we keep perpetuating these cycles. So something has to disrupt that. And part of that is the self-empowerment to call out and say, Hey, this isn't, this isn't balanced. This isn't right. This isn't fair. This isn't Uh, fair. This isn't right. Yeah. And and then Neptune can come in after that's been named Mm -hmm. and not just named, but talked about and, you know, meeting with other people people getting together in numbers and saying, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. There's, and I think we're very much collectively in that phase right now, too, of the empowerment phase of healing, you know, and Neptune is still this kind of, you know, I think still people might see Neptune as bypassing or um, somehow a negative thing uh, or a privileged thing. Right. You know, that type of well, thing. It, it can have that energy of escapism where we do try to just jump straight to, uh, okay, well, it's all, it's all one. So I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not really what Neptune is calling us to. Neptune is calling us to or- bring that, uh, that Venusian kind of, uh, uh, calling out of the uh, you know push towards fairness to kind of bring that and move the it's a collective kind of thing like we're trying to move the collective and get real things to shift and change and uh ultimately that's what uh, sorry i'm going to interrupt because the the escaping of neptune isn't just escaping in a oneness it's like you can say oh we're all one i before my empowerment I would go right to that seventh chakra where all one and I was stuffing all of the Venus anger down and I was, it was shadowing it. So right. that's the bypassing escaping can be bypassing bypassing can be escaping as well. You know, like you can't skip the step. Right. Well, I mean, it's like the whole, uh, all lives matter, uh, which ultimately is true. Uh, but when you know when we're calling out what's happening to Black lives, that's important, uh, right. and it's important to recognize that the empowerment and, stage in all of its distinctions mm-hmm. is important. Whatever distinction is taking place, Black lives, and in your personal life, if you've been raped, sexually assaulted, or whatever injustice you've gone through, like to distinctly call out and the wrongness and find that empowerment and that that empowerment stage does require the group 
Mm -hmm. It really does that you're with other people the same in that distinction for a period of time that you, you don't want to, you can't just bypass and be like, we're all the same, you know, mm -hmm. like there that, and this is the understanding that everything's in motion and everything. It's like, you're not going to stay there forever and be like only my group of people that have been sexually abused or only my group of people that struggled with poverty or only my group black people only, or, you know, Asian people only, like, it's not like we're, it's not like you're supposed to stay there forever and exclude everyone else. Right. But there's just a period of time where that is healing mm -hmm. because you're not alone and you don't have to emotionally labor with people who aren't in your distinct group and explain to them how it feels. Oh my God. I have a personal example for this just real quick that I grew up most of my life really overweight obese for many years I can't tell you how many of my thin friends tried to tell me that size doesn't matter did I want to punch them in the face absolutely mm -hmm. if I was in a room with other people who have faced fat shaming and that whole body issue which is very real they get it Mm -hmm. And how healing, I mean, that never, I never did that, but how healing that would be if I would have been in a room with other people and we could just be like, you know what? Oh yeah. And this and that, and just be able to talk about it and have that understanding that is healing. And only when you are in the group that is marginalized or abused, the distinct group, can you mm -hmm. understand it? That's why I'm speaking in my personal things. I don't want to speak for black lives. I am not a black woman. I can speak for a woman. I can speak for obesity and body stuff. Like I'm only going to speak about what I've experienced because otherwise you're taking that seat. Of, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You can understand it conceptually and give allyship, empathy, and compassion. But these like subgroups and the empowerment stage is a stage and that's that healing. And then when you, you get to a point where you do become healed and empowered, and then that's where you can move into the more Neptunian level of things. And that's, I know for myself with the abuse I went through and with body shame and all the body stuff, it was just a natural, like, I could get to a place where I wasn't angry anymore and the empowerment became second nature, like default. Like it wasn't a thing I was working through anymore. It wasn't like, oh, I got to work on my empowerment. It just am. And then it gets to the point where you're so used to being empowered, you don't think about it anymore. Even if the injustices are still going on as much as they always have. The healing that happens inside of you is real and it changes how you react to the injustices happening outside of you. And that's where you, that's like kind of moving up the chakras where I moved up to Neptune and where you can move up to Neptune and find forgiveness, acceptance, and like be able to say, you know, you're part of me and I'm a part of you. And 
I know that's for most people, a pretty tall order to feel into that oneness. Like for most people, that's just going to be a concept, you know, like a spiritual concept, but you not, but, and it is possible to feel it too. The more your heart opens, like I can, sometimes I really can feel that. Like I can feel the worst of them, Trump, my abuser who is like, like Trump, you know, I could feel me being a part of him and him being a part. It's like just a feeling of, it's like, you can't name them. It's so hard to name the Neptunian feeling because it's very elusive. Right. Well, I mean, it, it is that feeling of opening yourself um, that, uh, that happens where, well, it's vulnerability is yeah. really what it is. It's allowing yourself to be vulnerable uh, to, to the point of saying, okay, I'm going to open up and do the unthinkable here. I'm going to put my arms down and I'm going to, uh, you know, let come what may. And uh, because ultimately that's more important. And when that happens, there, there is a rush of a feeling of a connection to. Uh, the transpersonal. The yeah, it's transpersonal. And that's really, it's transpersonal. And this is before the toxic narrative, the patriarchy, whatever, however you're going to call it, before it came in and pushed the feminine and the indigenous into the shadow, being a transpersonal being was the norm. That mm -hmm. feeling yourself in the world was to feel your, your individual ego and your soul self that's always connected to the ancestors, always connected to the galaxy, always connected to God, goddess, all that is always connected to spirit and oneness, that there never wasn't that. In the modern world with the toxic narrative, that's been cut. It's like mm -hmm. the cord's been cut and we're all flailing around like loose wire egos, like separate. And when you reconnect through spiritual practice, you feel, you really do. You feel the support of your ancestors. You feel Gaia, Mother Earth supporting you. You feel spirit. It's a feeling of being contained, held, not that who you are isn't just the ego. Mm -hmm. And that feeling is natural. It's not otherworldly. It's not, only in the modern culture has it become this like new age, woo woo or otherworldly or you know, right. religion or however all these judgments are only in the modern world, but in the indigenous roots before all of that, it was just totally natural, like to, to just be a transpersonal being that we are, um, our eyes open and, and, and through our eyes come the whole universe. Mm and that's the part we've lost and that's why we get trapped in the venusian why we get trapped in the lower gods yeah or the material world or you know this we get lost in our separation from uh things we separate ourselves all the time and we can get lost in that and the that <laughs> neptunian energy is about recapturing your connection uh to 
you know, everything around you, seeing the aliveness of, uh, of the planet, of animals, of, you know, everything. Even when you feel that aliveness, you, it, it is becomes who you are. When you're lost in the separateness, you've been cut. It's like, it's, it's, that is the ultimate wound. And that's why you remain trapped in like retribution and revenge. And that's why instead of being nourished, because the transpersonal that we really are nourishes you, your cup gets filled by simply feeling this connection. When that connection is not filled, you need five beers. You need a portion of food the size of Mount Vesuvius. You need like five hours of television. You need to keep having sex with people to validate. Like the addiction and the over-consuming. And it's because that connection has been cut to the transpersonals because there's not that natural nourishment and feeling. So we're trying to compensate you know, and then when it comes to the injustices that are happening, well, it's causing a lot more of them. And then it's get keeping us stuck in the retribution, revenge, karmic pattern, which is, you know, how we were talking about Cobra Kai last oh. night too, and how <laughs> yeah. Cobra Kai on Netflix is such a great archetypal example. In all its cheesiness, it's great with the, uh, it does give some clear archetypes very clear archetypes where the Cobra Kai dojo is that caught in the karmic revenge, retribution, the satiation of the immediate gratification of the ego where, mm-hmm. what's the other dojo? Uh, Miyagi-do. Miyagi-do that is connected to Neptune, connected to love, connected to spirit, the transpersonal dojo that's like, we will fight in defense. We come from compassion. And how, when you do that, and this is archetypal in all our stories of mythic stories, spirit finds a way. Daniel finds a way to keep, you know, to keep his car business going. Like the the whole universe conspires to start moving things along. And that doesn't mean that injustices won't occur. I mean, Tibet was demolished. Like the worst injustices happen to the most light because that's the universe. The universe is dark and light. The bully is always going to enter the universe from nowhere and just ruin everything. That's going to happen forever. And then we have to respond to it. That's that Neptunian lesson. And, you know, it's something that uh, uh, in that old biblical uh, proverb about Job uh, that, I mean, Jung wrote about it. But uh, the bully is part of it. It's part of all of what we're experiencing. And, uh, you know, the nice nice thing about that parable is that God and the devil weren't really all that different. Uh, That goes right back to the oneness, right? The God is in the devil, mm -hmm. the devil's in the God, and that there is always going to be the bully and there's always going to be the devil. And then it calls upon... It, it's and this is where we're saying it's like the Bhagavad Gita, where mm-hmm. Arjuna is a peaceful man who doesn't want to fight, and Krishna, the God appearing, is like, yeah, you got to fight. Yeah, which is I mean, that's like an archetype in Cobra Kai. Yeah, we see it in a lot of these kind of narratives. 
I mean, we do on a, on the whole, we do tend to retell the same stories over and over again. And that well, is, that's when you're stuck in Venus, right? Yeah. Same well, karmic story over and over again is when Neptune or or the oh, other Jojo isn't. I'm talking culturally. We retell these stories. Uh, they become kind of archetypal and mythic. And one of them is oh. the, you know learning the need right. to uh, not get. Uh, bowled over by everything and to stand up for what's right uh, to, to a degree without getting caught up in well, right and wrong being a super rigid. Uh, that's the thing that Venus, Neptune square, the two goddesses in the bar where Mercury's conjuncting, he's coming along, he's the messenger of Mercury's recording this conversation, right? And so this is like looking in, into our own psyche at the Venus, Neptune, because Mahag What's the freaking dojo's name? I cannot. Uh, Mi Miyagi Do. I'm so frustrated with myself. Miyagi Do and Cobra Kai would be a perfect example of the Neptune Venus square because they're fighting. It's like they're fighting the bully. That's Venus. They're saying, bully, you're wrong. We're going to stand up and fight. That's Venus. But they're also Neptune because they're like, we're only fighting in defense and we're coming from a place of love and compassion. We're not going to just sit here and throw stones at you and say, you're jerks and we hate you. And we're just going to do as minimal fighting as possible because we're bringing love through. We want love. We want peace. Yeah, it's well, and it goes back to that tarot poll that you were doing. The nine of wands is very much that kind of energy about I'm not going to go out there and attack you like the knight of wands. Uh but uh, the nine of wands is like standing there. I'm going to be sure of, you know, what is uh, motivating us. The this feeling of needing security for the for the collective, uh, and what we value is important, and we're going to stand with it. Yeah, stand with it in defense mm -hmm. and bringing through the part that is still mysterious and unfolding is the bringing through of the love and the bringing through of the compassion, how to call out injustice, how to call out the bully without creating the karmic repeat of fuck you, you suck, go away, I hate you, which just mm -hmm. um, repeats the cycle over and over and over, like that there's a transformation or transfiguration instead that Neptune wants to bring forth where we right. can they let go of the karmic repeat of the karmic cycle. Well, and that's where this Mercury retrograde cycle can be really helpful. Like it's a great time to, for us collectively to pull back and reflect and write and commute, you know, work through our communication on, you know, what we're, you know, how we're dealing with this, how we're not just, you know, we don't just want to like sweep everything under the rug and we, but we also want to defend uh, fairness and keep I mean it's it's interesting when I think about it in terms of my personal story to bring it back down to the ground floor when in my own healing of getting to that point where I just was like okay he did this thing and it it ruined a big portion of my life that I'll never get back and it, it's a horrifying thing and that's what happened and now I gotta let go I can't mull over this forever. I can't dwell in the grief forever. There's a point of letting go 
Mm-hmm. And not, not only letting go that I'll never get back those years or I'll never have it the way things should have been, but a letting go of, um, of him. I was right. like, I spent enough time thinking about you and caring about you and, and, and being astonished by you. You know, so I think that's a big part of it is that the things in, in the collective and in your own life, you know, and again, mm-hmm. this is just Neptune. This isn't the be all end all solution to all things. It's just the Neptune part of um, when getting to the point where you're tired of all your psychic energy being spent in shock, astonishment and pain and anger you know, there's one, something to be said about feeling your feelings. And then there's something to be said about being done feeling your feel like moving right. on, letting go and being like, this is life. Life will always have injustice, bullies, pain. How right. can you move through it? How can you heal? How can you acknowledge that? Acknowledge yourself, acknowledge the perpetrator and then let go and live your life the way that is still possible that you in your own heart can have love, you know, even in a world where there's the oppressor, you know, even in the worst case circumstance, even if you're in solitary confinement, you still have two choices. You can go into a meditation or you could spend your solitary confinement saying, fuck you confiner, you know, it's just, anyway the bell ring yeah uh yeah we're at that time but uh, you know this is a conversation we'll be following up on i'm sure uh and you know we want to hear from you about what your eclipse experiences are like and how mercury retrograde is going for you uh and uh, in particular these kind of dynamics you can leave us a comment on youtube or email us at uh, priestess mercury podcast at gmail.com uh we you know we want to hear from you uh you know you can book uh you can reach out to us on our websites if uh, see if we have availability even book sessions with us uh you know uh but until then you know we're in the soup with you and uh, we'll see you, you. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see you again on the other side. Bye.